Hello and welcome to Z3 News. I'm James Bailey and today is Friday, May 29th, 2020. And today I'm continuing the discussion of what I was talking about yesterday regarding this new strategy that Rome used in response to the rise of Christians confronting them with the scriptures. And this was during the Protestant Reformation when men like Martin Luther and John Calvin, uh, people like that began to rise up in faith and uh, boldly proclaim the scriptures. Rome didn't like it, but they didn't have an answer. Uh, They couldn't explain from the scriptures anything that was wrong with what these men were saying, but that wasn't the point. Rome wasn't willing uh, to uh, come under the authority of the scriptures because they want their own authority. They want to stand in their own authority. And, you know, God was giving them an opportunity to to see the light of the scriptures and, and repent. But instead, they didn't want the light. They wanted their own way, and they hardened their heart. And as a result, they turned further into the darkness. And at that point, Rome adopted this new strategy, whereas before they had been all about, all about military might and brute force, the power of the sword to make other people come into submission to their will, submission to the Pope. And it was the same strategy that the Roman Empire had used. It had been hundreds and hundreds of years. This was the way of Rome, power and brute force to make other people submit. But when this new strategy came along, um, it was far more dangerous, as dangerous as they had been, and they had been brutal, brutally dangerous during the Crusades and the Inquisitions. But this new strategy, instead of the sword, it's represented by the owl, the wisdom of the owl, the knowledge of the owl. And this is a strategy that I pointed out yesterday, goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, where the serpent tempted the woman, telling her that if you eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will not surely die, but you will be made like God. And the woman took the fruit, seeing that it would make her wise. And this is the temptation, this is the power of this deception that Rome employed at this point, and I've been amazed as I've studied this topic because the contrast, uh, you, would think, you would think that Rome was down and out when the Protestants, when the Christians rose up of one mind and one accord and with courage and they confessed the scriptures. They were pushing back the darkness. But what happened? By implementing this strategy of deception, which they did primarily through this new organization that was approved by the Pope in the year 1540 called the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus, Rome was able to regain the upper hand. And by the year 1815, they were back on top. They were large and in charge. And and they were well-funded and on their way for their next conquest. And they didn't waste a minute. I mean, from 1815, they started the next campaign. And at that point, the target was the United States of America. 
And so we see the direct connection between these events that happened back there and what's happening today and how our country came under immediate attack. And it's such, such a sharp contrast when you compare how these reformers were all in one accord and so outspoken. They held nothing back. And yet today, no one that's quiet, all quiet. In fact, if there's anything said, it's pro-Rome, pro-Pope. Let's pledge our allegiance to the Pope. Let's join in fellowship with the Pope and his Catholic Church. And it's unbelievable what has happened. It's like, how could it be such a blanket? How could it be such a complete victory for Satan? And to this day, Satan's schemes are being allowed to advance unhindered in our nation. To this day, Christians, even Christians, for the most part, if, if anyone would try to explain these things that are clearly revealed in the scriptures and clearly revealed in history, people, people just walk away. They say, You're crazy. We're going to have nothing but blue sky ahead. And, and not realizing the scheme of the enemy that has been repeating throughout history for centuries is coming our way. And, you know, I don't like to be the one to bear the bad news, but we're better off to hear the truth, right, than to just stay deceived until it's too late. And I believe that's why God gave me that dream that I shared a couple of programs ago about the dinner party where he's revealing to me what's going on and letting me know that this is happening not by some foreign power, but by your own government. Your own government is planning to mass murder the American people. You know, God intervened in my life to give me this dream because he wanted, he wanted me to know. You know, he doesn't want all these things to come upon his people, and we're just in darkness without a clue of what's happening. He wants us to know. Imagine what would happen if 300 million American people saw what was happening and were speaking up and warning people and connecting all the dots and exposing the darkness. We would have these clowns run out of here or strung up or whatever, but it would, we would have our republic back. We would have our country back. We would have our future back. If only enough people heard the truth and understood what was happening. And so, by the grace of God, he gave me a dream to help me see it. And it took me a long time to finally put the pieces together. But now that I have this perspective... And now suddenly I'm watching our nation under attack with this COVID-19 thing, and I'm hearing all the warnings of more trouble ahead, a second round of, of a virus that's supposed to be far worse, another lockdown coming after this one's over, and the damage that's being done to our economy already, I don't think we've heard the half of it. I mean, we, we know we've heard about incredible numbers of people un unemployed. But we have yet to hear, I think, of, of the damage to the businesses as far as businesses declaring bankruptcy because it's just a complete shutdown, brutal on businesses. They, 
Anyway, I think there's a lot more to come, collateral damage from the fallout of what's already happened. And if we go through another more severe round of this, I mean, we're going to be we're going to be seeing some severe economic trouble that's going to continue for a long time. And it's it's to the level of things that that, you know, none of us have seen. You know, we've enjoyed many decades of prosperity in this nation. So these are going to be events that are unprecedented for us. But it reminds me of what I saw in the dream that I shared a couple of days ago about the outdoor dinner party where I had the encounter with the people from that corporation and talked to the woman who was the head of it. But there was a scene after that where I just had a vision. I saw this large banquet hall, and I'm looking at it from a little distance. And I saw that it was filled with people, and I knew that it represented the American people. And I saw that they had been through um, times of severe trouble. But I saw that as they did, as they went through these things, the people were all deceived because they thought that their government, they were listening closely to the words of their elected leaders and to their news media and putting their hope and trust in them. And as they were, they were being told um, that there's a plan in place and this plan is going to work and it's going to get better. And so everyone would, would rest assured that all was well, don't worry, just keep cooperating, keep quiet, keep peaceful, and allow the government to fix the problems because the people did not know that our government was the ones that was causing the problems because our government was uh, manipulating the people to wear us down and to get us to the point where we could be prepared for the slaughterhouse. And they had no idea what was happening. And this just went on and on until it finally got to the final stages of their plan. And that was the time of the dream that the woman was telling me that she was going to be coming back. And when she came back, uh, it was going to be a mass slaughter. And, and so that's what I see happening today. And I look at our nation and I look at the Christian church and nobody believes any of this stuff. And it's deception. We have fallen victim to Rome's strategy of deception. It has worked extremely well to the point where nobody has any idea what's happening. But God has better things in mind for his people. And we don't have to be deceived any longer. You know, Jesus warned specifically when he was asked about the final generation, the very first thing he said, take heed that no one deceives you. It was his number one warning to the generation that would be living at the time of his return. He was telling us ahead of time, heads up here, people, there's deception in that age, great deception. And so it seemed appropriate to me to just connect those dots between what's happening right now in our news headlines on a daily basis, how we're being fed a narrative by our government, and here we are 
seeing exactly what I saw in the dream in 2014, as they're telling us, we have a plan, we have a solution, we're going to make things right, and it's all going to be better, and just trust us, and putting us in a position that we're so vulnerable that all we can do is sit home and wait for them to tell us the next move. But as unpleasant as all of this is, I think it's far worse if we just remain in darkness and deception. I mean, we certainly can't help make a positive impact on anything when we're unaware of what's happening. At least if we know what's happening, we can begin to um, exercise our faith and begin to enter into that secret place that God has prepared for his people where we can walk in the realm of heaven on earth regardless of circumstances around us because our victory has never been based on the things of this world. It's never been based on man-made circumstances. It's always been based on God's promises in his word. And none of that has changed. And so every day can be the same for us. We walk in victory every single day. We have peace. We have joy. We have love in our lives, in our families. And uh, we're not coming under this bondage of fear that's trying to grip the world. But we're able to rise above it because of his spirit that lives on the inside of us. And as we've discussed in previous programs, the Bible reveals all these things that are happening today. What we're seeing is the fulfillment of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, where the feet of the statue, the final phase of that fourth kingdom, consisted of iron and clay. And that iron represents Rome. And that iron goes and infiltrates among the clay, and it does it for the purpose of manipulating the clay to conform it into its will, because the clay does the clay does not have the power to uh, manipulate the iron. The iron does not yield, but the clay does yield, and so the the iron has come to infiltrate, and that is what is happening today. That is a clear picture of what is happening today. And the Bible tells us why it's happening. It's because this fourth kingdom, as the angel Gabriel explained to Daniel in Daniel 7.23, this kingdom is going to devour the whole earth, trample it and break it in pieces. And and because of that, it's different. It's, It's unlike any other kingdom. And you know, many kingdoms have arisen in the past. And they have tried to conquer the world, but no kingdom has ever done it. Yet what Gabriel's told Daniel in that scripture is that this kingdom will be different because it will, it will devour the whole earth. And why will it be able to do so? Because see, every other attempt has failed because it has relied solely on brute force and ultimately It didn't have the resources to make it happen. The brute force alone could never get the job done. And this is why it's so important 
to understand that Rome, after the Protestant Reformation, they took on this second strategy where the primary strategy over, over the course of those 300 years that I was uh, talking about in yesterday's program from 1517 when Martin Luther posted those 95 theses to 1815, during that time, Rome was transformed so that this strategy of deception became the strategy of Rome. And it's because of that strategy. And see, that's why the iron no longer looks like iron. The iron now is mixed in with the clay. And it's so deceptive because when it's mixed in with the clay, it looks like, well, where is it? I don't even see the iron anymore. Where is it? But yet it's among us. It's here. And if we would translate what Daniel said into our modern language, we call this the New World Order. And we all know what that means. There's this push toward globalism, toward bringing all the world into submission to one central power. But yet nobody seems to understand who is it. Everybody has all these different ideas. Well, the Bible tells us it's Rome. It's always been Rome. And the whole idea of this new world order is the same old idea of bringing the heretics into submission to Rome, just like they've been doing for thousands of years. It's nothing new. But in order to achieve this new world order, it requires the citizens of the nations willingly giving up their liberties and their national sovereignty to this greater power. And the challenge that Rome faces in bringing these things to pass is that it goes against all of our natural self-interest because we, we all want to be free. We all want to have the power to you know, control our own lives and make our own choices and keep it at the local level as much as possible. And it's certainly within the borders of our nation to do what's best in our best interest. We don't want to be ruled over by some global, global government on the other side of the planet that uh, is ruled by people that don't have our best interests at heart. It just goes against everything. And so the only way to pull this off, to get us to willingly surrender our liberties and our national sovereignty, is by deception. They've got to manipulate current events, manipulate the news stories that we're indoctrinated with nonstop, day after day, and get us thinking that we would be far better off to just surrender and give it up. And it's a strategy that Rome has used repeatedly in the past of just wearing down the opposition. It's like a psychological warfare. That At first, you're like repulsed by the idea. But little by little, you get tired of fighting. And it's, it reminds me of what happened to the people uh, in Bohemia back in the 1400s after uh, their pastor, John Huss, was burned at the stake by the Roman Catholic Church, and it ignited um, a revival throughout 
all of his nation, which at that time was called Bohemia, but it's really just modern-day um, Prague and uh, Czech Republic. But anyway, the people of Bohemia, when they, they stood together in faith as one against Rome, and they resisted. And they held, they held firm for many years, and they won victory after victory against armies that were far larger than them. But what happened was, over time, they got worn down. They got tired of fighting. They, they wanted peace. I mean, we all, we all want that, right? And I can understand. But Rome has used this strategy repeatedly. They are relentless. They keep coming back. And they would def the Bohemians would defeat uh, one of the Pope's armies that was sent, and it would be just a short time, and another army would show up, and they'd have to go through the same thing again and again. And eventually they just said, you know what, let's just compromise. Let's just tell them we'll do what, what they want, and maybe we can make some kind of a settlement. There is never any compromise with Rome. The iron doesn't yield. It doesn't give anything. And so when they compromised, as soon as they compromised, I mean, for 15 years, God gave them supernatural victory, completely supernatural, defying the odds of defeating armies that in some cases were 10 times the number of their army. But yet they were able to do that repeatedly until they compromised. And it's the very same thing that the Romans did during the Crusades against the people of Prussia. For 65 years, the people of Prussia resisted. They fought back. They had uprisings where they, they went and they actually won victories against the, the uh, invading Teutonic Knights of Rome. But Rome didn't quit. They don't give up. They keep coming back. And after 65 years of warfare, they finally broke the Prussians and they forced them by brute force, to submit to the authority of the Pope and come under Roman rule. And I'm saying all those things because this is what we're up against today. They are going to be coming with wave after wave, a relentless strategy to wear us down psychologically. And the only way to rise above it is to see and learn from the lessons of the past and the lessons revealed in the scripture that we're dealing with iron. It does not yield. And so we cannot be like clay that crumbles and falls apart and gets manipulated. We cannot come under these attacks that are designed to bring fear on us. We have to go into our secret place where we uh, achieve victory every day. There's never a moment that we don't walk in victory because we have the greater power in us. And I'm, I know that there's going to be this remnant army that rises up in these days. God has already made it known in his word. There will be a remnant that will rise up in faith. And this remnant will not be pushed back. This remnant will be a thorn in the flesh of Rome. This will be the fulfillment of John Huss's prophecy, where he said, you can silence this goose today, but in 100 years, a swan will arise whose singing you will never be able to silence. And that's the truth. 
God's going to have a people, an army on this earth that will put to flight the enemy and will terrify Satan. And it's because in Revelation 12, 11, it reveals our secret. We love not our life unto death. We don't regard our life. We don't care what happens to us because we know that God is bigger than anything that comes against us, even death. It doesn't matter. We're not afraid. You can't bully us. You can't intimidate us. And we understand that the circumstances don't dictate to us, but we dictate to them. We speak to the mountain. We take authority. And we do, like those Protestant reformers did initially, we proclaim the Word of God boldly in the face of any opposition. And we, we don't hold back. We're not looking for political correctness. We're looking to proclaim the Word of God without any compromise. And as long as we do that, we win every time. And this story of the New World Order, this story of the strategy used by Rome to bring about the New World Order, it all begins with this organization that was approved by the Pope in the year 1540. That's where it all started. The Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, because they are the carriers of this strategy of deception. They are the embodiment of this new strategy. And so they are the primary vehicle through which this new world order will come to pass for this very brief period of 42 months that's revealed in Revelation 13. And so for us to understand who it is and how it started and how it got to where it is today, we've got to go back to the story of the Jesuits and who they are and learn how they have always been um, masters of deception and masters of infiltration. That's exactly right. They are the infiltrators among us. And so that's my topic for tomorrow's program, and I'm going to stop there for today. So thanks for joining me today, and I hope to be back again soon with another program. Until then, so long. So long.